it's Chiara Jasmine Fielding, and you're listening to Broadway Babe 2000. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. If you haven't listened to my last couple episodes, go ahead and do that. You could go find it on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, really any podcast network. Just find it under Broadway Babe 2000 or my name, Tiara Jasmine Fielding. I'm super excited. I have a great episode for you guys today. I got to speak with a friend of mine who I've known for a little while now. And I just love these episodes when I have like a friend on or someone that I actually like really know. Because it's funny how theater and music has always consistently connected us. And I just find those relationships really beautiful and fruitful for our futures because I keep getting connected to these people and finding myself involved with them. And I just think that's the beautiful thing about life, you know? You make connections everywhere you go. So I wanted to welcome Doug Gallo. He is super sweet and super funny, so I'm so excited he could come on the show. Oh, hi, Doug. Hey, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Doug. I'm so excited to talk with you all about theater and the things going on in the world right now. But how are you? How are you doing today? I'm okay, you know, it's, it is, there's so much happening and, you know, I'm feeling okay, I'm feeling healthy, which is good, but also, you know, um, it's a tough time in the world, but you gotta stay strong. That's how I'm feeling. (laughs) No, I totally get what you mean. There's a lot going on outside of the theater world today that is taking a toll on a lot of people. And the theater community has been very vocal about where they stand with politics and stuff like that. So hopefully we're all looking for a better tomorrow. But it's been, yeah, it's been crazy being home for so long. We both go to school in New York City. Let's talk a little bit about like the theater community in New York City and your process in college being a theater major. Sure. So um, I've had this really unique opportunity like thrown at me this spring which has nothing to do with theater but has changed my entire perspective on being a student in New York City so I I go to Pace University in Manhattan as you know and um I was actually I applied for this tour guide job and I have been meeting through this remote period all of these students who are interested in coming to Manhattan coming to Pace to study theater and I've just learned so much about you know what living in Manhattan is like and what it means to so many different people from so many different places. And it's made me appreciate it so much more and focus so much more deeply on my work as a directing student and as a performer and as whatever else, you know, I'm doing. Um, So that's really opened my eyes, especially during the pandemic, (laughs) because we've still been doing these like remote tours, but meeting all of these students who are so eager to come to the city has made me reflect on my experience. And it's just been so fruitful, so fruitful from so many wonderful educators and students. And it's just an amazing place to be, as I'm sure you feel the same. Yeah, Yeah. I definitely get what you mean. I mean, New York City is like the pinnacle of Broadway and all things theater. So it's a really great learning environment for both of us. And we've been lucky because we come from Long Island. So it's always kind of just like been there so these kids that are from like the middle of nowhere basically like some in the middle of kansas or something they come and 
it's like, oh my gosh, this is New York City. Like I've only seen it in the movies before. So it must be super awesome to like hear about stories like that. Absolutely. (laughs) And it's so funny because the way like our schools got rid of us when the pandemic started was just so fast. It was probably the same experience for you. I mean, I had to move out and pack my things within like four days, I think. And I had no help getting my things out of my dorm room. Like they wouldn't allow my mom up or anything. What was like that like for you? It, it was crazy because it's interesting. I live in an apartment. So I live like off campus. I wasn't a part of the Pace housing this year. Um, so what was really odd for me was just that transition because on the night that Pace said that they were going to cancel classes through March 30th, because that was the first notice we had, I was actually in the process of auditioning actors for a show I was to be directing in May. And I had to send an email that night. I was like, if you guys have to go home, you can, but if you're still here, feel free to audition because it's still on as planned. But, you know, that was a crazy thing. And then um, I also had plans to go abroad in the fall. So, and I hadn't had my passport. So I went into the city about a week into all of this happening to get my passport. And that's when I started emptying out my apartment of some things I could use, figuring there'd still be some hope that I'd get to go back. But still, now my apartment's kind of sitting, filled with a lot of things in it. So it's a bit different that I haven't even unpacked yet. My lease is up in August and I still have everything there. Mm-hmm. I know, it's just so crazy. I literally have like a whole room full of things just sitting in my garage because I have nowhere to put it. Like my bedroom has no room in it. And these are things that I've like worked hard to like put together and accumulate while I've been in New York City. So to just see them sitting in boxes is like extremely sad, but I know I'll get back there soon enough. Absolutely. (laughs) And I just think it's so funny that how like everything was just mush-mosh together kind of. And I felt like the beginning of 2020 was off to like such a great start, if you know what I mean. There were so many great opportunities coming for the both of us, I feel. And then everything just like came to a halt. It did. And I mean, the one thing that I am holding close is the fact that it really is everybody. And and that's the one thing that I'm like, okay. Every time I, I sit and I'm like, this was canceled, this project was canceled. Canceled. This, you know, be, just being being a sophomore in Manhattan is canceled. Like, all I remember is that it is all of us, which is comforting, but also even more depressing. You know what I mean? No, I know exactly what you mean. And it's even sadder because both of us started to work like professionally in the theater community. So to see those opportunities like put on hold for now, it was a lot to take in. Let's talk about some things you were doing or some things you're working on now. Sure. So um, before I was off, I was assistant stage managing with a program called Broadway Workshop in Manhattan, um, who has been so good about this entire um, pandemic. I mean, they're doing these online classes, bringing in great talent. Um, The show I was working on obviously was postponed, but um, they're doing such amazing work still, which I'm so happy to see. Um, I was planning to be a part of Andrew Barth Feldman's uh, virtual, or not virtual, rather, I'm sorry. I was part of his celebration for his late mother, uh, which was going to be super exciting. It was going to be on May 31st in the newly renovated Barbara Barth Feldman Performing Arts Center at Lawrence Woodmere Academy. Um, But uh, Andrew decided to be super proactive. And of course, he did 
um, say he was going to move it to a later date very early in March just to, you know, clear the air. But now we're doing it virtually, which is super fun. Um, it's myself and so many great members of his theater companies, Nefrock Productions, and so many great Broadway celebrities that pitched in and are filming all of this great stuff for him. It's It's just been a total blast, and he's been unbelievably kind and resilient about it, which is just so inspiring. I mean, I can only imagine what he went through with the passing of his mother. So I find his story, I found his story before I knew what happened to his mother amazing in the first place, just because he was picked off of the Jimmy Awards to be in Dear Evan Hansen. And to see that he was going through so many things and he's kind of, he's human just like us is really amazing. And I feel like that spreads a lot of love and positivity towards a lot of his fans that are going through similar things. 100%. He's so there for everybody. I mean, like, whether you've known him for years or you're the first time you're just seeing him is on a stage, you feel like you know him and you love him, which is such a special quality to have in a person. Mm -hmm. And it's so amazing because that's actually happening tonight. While this won't go live and my viewers won't be listening to this on the same night as that, but you'll be like watching it and everything. Is it pre-recorded? It is. It's, there are a lot of sections of it. Most of the musical numbers themselves are pre-recorded because trying to do that live is just a mess. But um, he'll be popping in with some guests and doing some live segments during it. Uh, but the numbers will be pre-recorded. That's so awesome. Yeah, I can only imagine how hectic that would be with everybody's Wi-Fi crashing, like people pausing halfway through, like parents <laughs> interrupting. Absolutely. That would be bad. <laughs> So how have you been able to concentrate and get your work done? I know the semester is probably done for you, right? It just finished for me. How was that transition for you working at home? Because we're in classes that are very hands-on, like we're in dance, like acting, like movement classes and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, it was, I, I actually, I lucked out a little bit because what happened was this was one semester where um, the most active class for me was a directing class, which is incredibly hard. And, you know, I realized ways to work it. We did it over Zoom, our directing class, and we had to present remote readings and everything of scenes. And uh, there's ways to figure it out and ways to play with the platform, but it did help me realize a bit that of how much I, I appreciate being in the room. You know, there are some um, people who I'm sure have found really great new loves of this platform and of doing things virtually. Um, but I feel something good actually that came out of this is that I realized that's not for me and that how, how special it's going to be to come back into the room. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But um, how I was saying I lucked out is because I also was in uh, quite a few like theater writing classes and um, a lot of things that were salvageable through the platform, but what wasn't really just, it stung, of course, but it was a learning process, you know what I mean? I mean, I had plans to do a scene uh, in March that I was like ready, it was cast, everything, from Mary Poppins, the musical. And it, for that being the first thing to attempt over Zoom was harrowing and really spooky. But, um, you know, by the end, I decided to focus on work actually could somehow be salvageable in the platform. But like I said, I realized that it just, it's making me appreciate what it will feel like to go back into the room. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally understand what you mean because I was in classes like that. I was in a playwriting class where 
like it was very hard at first because we were all creating these scenes and then directing the actors within our class. And it just was a learning curve we had to get used to. We all figured out that, oh, we could all turn off our cameras and just the people acting could be on the screen and stuff like that. So it was really something to process and get through. And I really hope we'll be able to go back into the city for our fall semester. I mean, it's looking a little iffy. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who knows? I mean, who knows? I just really hope we get to go back, though, because there's so many rumors. You probably hear the same exact rumors as I do. Like, one day they're like, oh, they're going back. The next day they're like, oh. I know. It, it's just all we can do is, I guess, just wait and, I mean, see what happens with the reopenings and see if anything spikes or see if anything doesn't. It's just a matter of adapting to that. I don't know. It's all very scary. I'm just trying to be like, it's warm out. <laughs> There's something good. <laughs> so what have you been spending your time while at home now? I mean, we're both on Long Island, so it's gorgeous outside right now. I've been tanning a lot. Yes. I've been outside um, taking a lot of walks, uh, reading some a lot of books and everything, you know, there's this notion of like, read a bunch of plays, read this, read that, which is so great. But I knew that there's a part of it that right now is a little bit deflating because it's, you dream up this, these, these concepts and these visions and this, this approach. And it's, this question of when. So what I've actually been trying to do that just personally helps me is just reading books about creativity and, and, you know, about, about the artistic process and things that have nothing to do with theater that can somehow later follow me in my life and, and inform their way in. Um, so yeah, a lot of reading, a lot of taking walks and listening, of course, to some Broadway soundtracks. I've been really into ragtime lately and talking oh my God, I love about rag. events. I mean, you know, what a time to get into ragtime. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, that's, that's pretty much that. And I'm, like I said, I'm working remotely as the tour guide and um, I have plans to intern this summer at a summer theater. We're finding out in a few days if it's, mm -hmm. if it's still on or if it's not, it's not in New York. So we'll see. Mm -hmm. um, but that's what I've been doing pretty much. <laughs> that's so awesome. I really wonder about the transition for like theaters in other states and like regional theaters, community theaters, stuff like that, how, the coronavirus will affect like their seating and their process about people coming into the theater because you've probably seen the same like playbill articles that I have about like health and going into the theaters and how they might have like one seat and then two seats and stuff like that. So it's just really crazy. And I hope that your productions will still be able to take place. Yeah. You know, I mean, and if not, it is going to be, or if not for a little while, it's going to be a learning process. And, you know, what I just said about two minutes ago about, you know, not loving this platform of, of Zoom and of videos and everything, maybe that's all we'll have for a little bit. And then it's less about saying, you know, this isn't really for me and more about saying, if I want to do this, maybe this is the only way I can and learning to love it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally get what you mean, because I feel like I'm the same type of way. I'm a very people person. Like, I'll go up to someone, like, give them a nice warm hug. Like, I definitely feel like you're that type of person. So I totally relate to you that looking through a screen is not the same connection, but it's definitely something that I'm learning to 
like accept more and just try to be positive about it. Yeah, I completely agree. <laughs> so when did you find out that Broadway was closing? Where were you? Were you at home already? I was at home. Um, and I correct me if I'm wrong. I believe it was originally closed until like mid April, right? That was like the first time. Yeah. It was like April 28th or something. And then it was like June 7th, I think. And now it's September. I was, I was with my family and we were, we were actually in the Hampton Bays. We were just like hanging out out there outside just doing well just trying to get outside my lord um and yeah i saw that and it was i don't even i I just couldn't fathom it because also this is like very very separate but my entire life i've been a total you know germaphobe and the entire thing has been you know your fears you're this you're that like just go out and do it like and, and this the fact that there was something so sinister, this virus is so sinister that it's closing, you know, everything that I was told to conquer. It's just, it was crazy to me. I I didn't even understand it, but I also was relieved in a really odd way because just to preserve the community and so many people in the theater community, especially, you know, a few weeks back, were getting it nonstop. And you look on Rouge, it was crazy. The whole main cast basically got the coronavirus. Exactly. So God bless for it happening, but also, wow, like it, it, it was, it was super overwhelming. I was just, I was out there and I couldn't really believe it, but I also firmly believed that it would open in April. And that was what was, difficult about you know it keep getting pushed back and by the time it was pushed back to september i i was shocked it wasn't announced earlier mm-hmm. you know and the weirdest thing was the night before they announced it was like you know when you just like have a feeling inside your gut that something's gonna happen like relating mm-hmm. to like a specific topic like that night i had the weirdest dream where i was with all the bosses from my like internship at nederlander and i like woke up and I was like, they're going to have a big announcement. Broadway's going to have a big announcement today. And then it said, oh, September 6th, Broadway's not going to come back till then. And I was like, like, I knew it. I felt it in my bones that something was going to happen. So this has definitely been a really crazy process. And I feel like I'm the same way. Like, I'm looking forward to the things after the fact. So I'm always, like, looking forward to, like, a specific event in time to look forward to so it has been hard not knowing and like there's really no like time limit or like a specific thing to look forward to right now that's that's been my biggest problem too i said that from the day this started i i was um so you know as i'm sure we're both in the city i'm definitely not like a homebody like I, I got to stay in. No. I, so as soon as this all happened and as soon as the lockdown started, I just said, you know what? This is fine as long as we get like a deadline soon. And, you know, we have this idea and we still don't have that, which is so scary. But it's been months and and we're learning to live with it. And that's all we could do. I know. I feel the same exact way. And I'm such a germaphobe too. So when they like were saying that, like people were coming to New York city and the coronavirus was starting to spread in Westchester. Like I remember I heard about this bat mitzvah and a bunch of people got it. 
And I was like, oh gosh, like it's going to start to spread towards Long Island more in New York City. So I remember just like, I was seeing a bunch of shows that week because my friend had flown in from Arkansas. And then I saw an article that one of the bag handlers at like six or something like that had gotten the coronavirus. And I was like freaking out. I was taking like multiple steam showers daily, like washing my hands every second. Like I wouldn't touch the subway or anything. Yeah, I know the feeling. I mean, I I worked every Saturday and Sunday, uh, up, really up to the very last week that everything was open um, at River. And which is just a, a room, rooms filled with people from all over the place. And like, I was all the way downtown and you're all the way uptown, you know, it, Ripley Rear's in the middle. So you gotta take the train and it's like a 15 minute ride and it's super packed always. So it was, I remember I, that, that feeling that you're talking about, about like knowing something's going to happen. I had that feeling too, like the, the weekend before. It was just, it was very, you know, there was something off. And I just, I had a feeling things would start to go a little crazy and, and they did. So many creative things come out of this. They're doing like weekly play readings on Playbill and stuff like that. I watched this one, Terrence McNally play called Tooth, I think it was, or something like that. It had um, Jesse Tyler Ferguson and what's the guy's name who is in The Boys in the Band? Jim Zachary Parsons. Quinto. Zachary Quinto, yeah. <laughs> but Jim Parsons. Have you watched Hollywood on Netflix yet? I haven't. I Everyone's saying I have to, so I should. Oh, it's so good. So what have you been watching to like keep time? Oh, it's so funny. I've been watching this... TV show on Hulu that we on TV. It's called Awkward. Oh my God, I love Awkward. It's like super, I mean, it's not super old, but for us, it's like a super old thing. And when I tell people I'm watching Awkward, they're like, oh yeah, I watched that like 10 years ago. And I'm like, yeah, no, I've been, star- I watched like almost that whole thing and I've been watching um, Parenthood on Hulu as well. That's a very good show. That's so funny. You're watching Awkward. I literally obsessed with that in like the seventh grade, I think. That's the thing. I, I like never really watched it. And now I'm watching it and it makes so much more sense that we've been through high school. I'm like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> Maybe I should rewatch it. I mean, the actor who plays Maddie, his name is like Bo something. He's so cute too. Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> of course. But yeah, I feel like TV has been able to get me through this, even though when I'm looking at the screen every five seconds, I feel like my eyes are like going to spaz out. Yes, I agree. I think that it's better for me if I'm watching a show like on the TV. So like the laptop is for, you know, like class or like whatever Zoom call I have. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'd rather watch it on the TV and like shut the laptop when it's, <laughs> time <laughs> no i know you mean like i've been playing this one game on my phone called bitlife and it sometimes gets so hard it's like a sims version of like this like storyline game and like i get like headaches sometimes just looking at my phone yeah but what was the last show you saw before broadway closed oh my god um west side story that's what i saw at um the Broadway theater. Yeah, I loved, even though there's like drama with the cast and stuff, that show was beautiful. 
Yeah, it was really inventive. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it stinks that it got so cut off. I mean, it had really very recently opened. I believe it opened in February. Right? Yeah, it opened like in the beginning of February, I think, and I saw it in previews and I remember there was like a lot of drama and then the date got pushed back because Isaac got hurt. And there was a bunch of injuries in that cast, which was just so crazy. I mean, Ben Tyler Cook had to be replaced. The understudy for Isaac, Jordan Dobson, is a good friend of my friend Sebastian, who I think you might know. And we went to go see Jordan and then we spoke to him like after and we like had a little talk with him. And he was just saying it was so crazy, the amount of injuries that were going on. And he was basically thrust into the show without knowing the part, much of it. Wow. I mean, it's, and that's the thing though. I mean, it's, that's how it works also in community theater. It's weird how it's like, you know, that's what we've been doing for so much of our lives and like school, but then like in the professional world, there are things that are still, you know, it's not this crazy, untouchable, everything's perfect world. It's still, it has that craziness to it and that rapid change, which I found so interesting, mm-hmm. like by being in the city, which I'm sure you like agree with, like figuring out that it's not that impossible or different. <laughs> yeah, like there's like issues that go on with the cast that are unexpected and things like that. And they have to fill in these roles that are unexpected. Like we feel like in high school, like if somebody was sick, you would just like throw on some rando and like hope they would do it. And like that same exact thing kind of happens on Broadway. They're not some rando. They're like some ensemble cast member, some understudy, especially in previews. The understudies aren't expected to know their parts inside out yet. Yeah, it's, it's nuts. But you know what? It's it's just I have a friend who went to Pace and she was going to be a swing at Mean Girls right after she was a swing at the prom. And she was put into Mean Girls three days earlier than she was supposed to be. And she nailed it. And that's the thing. I mean, you just, you do it because you love it. Yeah. If somebody was to give me a call right now and be like, meet me at the winter garden, you could sing on the stage by yourself. I'd be there. Like I'd be inside right now. Oh, me too. I don't need an audience. I can by myself. But yeah, I actually went through the city the other day and just took like a ride to see the streets and stuff like that. And I took pictures of like the Broadway theater and a bunch of other theaters. And it was beautiful and very metaphorical for me to see that all the Broadway theaters were still standing, still lit up. I mean, obviously, it's so sad to see a bunch of shows like Frozen, Slave Play, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf just close. I mean, Frozen, that was really shocking for me. How did you feel about that? I was completely shocked. I mean, with all of these brand new, awesome, you know, startup shows that haven't really found their audience yet, for a Disney hit to close like that was, I don't know. And of course, Frozen closing was really upsetting. But I think it was even more so the fact that it was frozen that made me start thinking, oh my God, what else are we going to lose? You know what I mean? If, it, if Frozen's closing, what chance do these sh- like shows have? Which, which really stinks. Yeah, it was just super crazy for me to think about that because like Frozen, we both know it's a very kid-friendly show. They have so many items that are sold in their merchandise stands there that they probably make the same amount of money in items daily that they do in ticket sales. 
Yeah. It's just crazy to think about that. And they just put in a whole new second act and inputted a whole bunch of new songs. They had Sierra Renee, like Ryan McCartan, a bunch of people just joined the new cast. So it's really upsetting. It is. But I mean, did you get to see the Disney on Broadway concert? I think so. They did. They live streamed it. I don't even. It was sometime in April. On like TV, right? And they had like Ben Platt and Adina Menzel singing like sing-alongs or something like that. There's that too. And then that was that was I think the Disney sing-along on TV. And then on YouTube, they did like a Disney on Broadway concert that was pre-recorded that they live streamed. And it was. I mean, that was really nice. And it. I was glad that Disney on Broadway. Disney's a giant corporate, mm-hmm. obviously, but it was so nice for them to do that from their archives. I, I really appreciated that as a big fan of Disney and Disney on Broadway. <laughs> yeah, I have to go watch that later. I remember there was actually a lot of drama surrounding that and the rights for the people in the pit versus the actors' equity and stuff like that. But I'm happy it was able to come to fruition and entertain you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I remember the drama too. You just reminded me. All, now, all I was thinking of right there was watching it, but I forgot about all of that happening. It's nuts. Yeah, and that's the beauty in theater. Like, you forget about the bad things in life, like, once you, like, get the final product, kind of. And I feel like that's why, like, a bunch of people, and you and I especially, like, love theater so much. It's because it's such, like, a release and such, like, a craft to give to. Yeah. Like, it, like, takes you out of your mind, like, even though you're still there. Yeah, for sure. That's a beautiful way to put it. And there's so many people that don't understand that. So I just think it's so funny. No, I mean, it's especially, you know, for people who are pursuing this, like in higher education, it's like this is it's a massive commitment and it's a massive change from high school. Like I found at least it was it was because high school, I felt like it was it was a hobby, which was great and it was super fun to do. But now that it's a career, you really have to just give your entire heart, soul and blood into it in order to get anything back which is great. I love doing that. Yeah, like when people see things on Twitter of like like <laughs> actors acting like like dinosaurs or like stuff like that and they just like don't understand it. I'm just like it's part of the process. Period. <laughs> it's like one of those SNL skits that you know the one where they stand on the black boxes and they're just like doing very experimental theater things? Yes, I do. <laughs> like I feel like that's what theater school basically embodies. Yeah, sometimes. <laughs> and I just thought that was the funniest thing to resemble like the process of what we were all going through in school and for people to see how that transition might have been hard to be at home. But it's just the funniest thing. It is. And that's fun. I mean, people, while it's really tough, we're all lifting each other up. Yeah. Which is good. Yeah, and that's such a beautiful thing. I mean, you meet so many amazing people and so many great connections through the most random things related to, like, music or, like, theater. Like, we met when we were in, what grade were we in? Like, 11th or 12th grade? I, I only did it when I was in 12th, so it must have been then. Oh, you only did it one year? I did. I was so funny. I auditioned for the NISMA Allstate just that year. The last time I did it was eighth grade. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. so funny. And you were, they were it, I always find it funny because there's so many, like, they always need so many boys. And then there's like 
there's like the boys that are like very good or the boys that they just throw in. And when I met you, I was like, he's so good. Like he knows so much about theater. He's so cool. Stop it. Right back at you. Thank you. Uh, the fact that you're not a boy, but everything else, right back at you. <laughs> Thank you. No, I just remember, I don't remember exactly how we met, but I just know like maybe I was trying to stand next to you in like our sections or something like that. Because I would always try to stand, you were in the tenor section, right? Yeah. Like, I would always try to stand next to the tenors for some reason, because, oh, Anthony Marola, my friend Anthony stood next to you, I think. Yes. And I had the biggest crush on Anthony, even though he was gay. Like, it's such a bad habit that I have. (laughs) (laughs) And I just remember, like, you guys were like, having a fun time in the tenor section and I was like this boy is so sweet like let me talk to him and then we've just always stayed in contact yeah. and like cross paths at like theater things and stuff like that I remember at Broadway Flea I think it was I saw you yep that was so special it was so nice just to you know run into each other no yeah and I remember you were talking to like Tyler Kappa or something like that I don't remember or, like, you were by, like, Antonio Cipriano for some reason, like, by the Jagged Little Pull Pill, like, by Broadhurst. I don't even remember. I have no idea. I know. Maybe it was Celia or something. I don't know. Because um, Celia, we go to school together. Maybe that was it. I don't know. No, I have such, like, vivid memories sometimes. So, like... Love it. <laughs> people are like, how do you remember that? I'm just like, I just do. Yeah. <laughs> but I just thought that was the funniest thing because... It's beautiful to see how, like, we've both grown in such a short time and how many connections we've been able to make just by, like, pursuing and going after the things we want. For sure. You said it beautifully. Once again, you're good at doing that. (laughs) Thank you. But what are you looking forward to after this besides theater? Yeah. Uh, Honestly, it's going back to Manhattan and taking advantage and like understanding that the place I live in is so filled with history and so filled with amazing people. And um, there's that also with everything happening, you know, literally within the past few days with the Black Lives Matter movement, I really, I I wanna dive in to, to protests. I wanna donate to organizations. I wanna do everything I can there and really amp up um, you know, fighting for social justice has been a big thing that I've learned a lot about in the pandemic, as well as in school here and there. But, you know, we're home and especially with school ending, there's a lot more time to really take in information and begin to understand and and want to fight back and fight for our friends and brothers and sisters. So that's something I really want to do, attend more protests and um Just also, honestly, I say this the most, I just want to be in a a big room or a big public space with a lot of people. That's what I crave. I don't know why. I just, I want to do that and feel normal again. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) I know exactly what you mean. I mean, I feel like you're very extroverted and like you vibe off of people's energies and stuff like that. So being like stuck at home has been hard because you're not meeting new people you're not like expanding really yeah it's like social media could only fill that void so much and social media could be really really toxic too oh yeah but it could be really helpful at times like but like also you know especially earlier during this when oh my god people would just (laughs) you know like posting you know 
this is fine. This is so good. Everything's great. It really made me feel horrible. I was like, how are you happy? How are you okay with this? It's, it's this horrible feeling, but you know, it's social media and sometimes it's just a mask people wear, but sometimes it posts amazing resources and amazing things to do. You know, it's a double-edged sword. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been like glued to my phone watching TikToks every five seconds. Oh, duh. <laughs> But, like, it's rotting my brain, I swear. Yeah. Like, sometimes I'm on my For You page. I'm like, how did, like, this algorithm pick up that I needed to see, like, a man, like, like a person, like, put, like, ants into, like, an ant farm or something like that? You watch it. That's the thing. I think that we all just need to be giving resources, not only, you know, is to white people saying, yes, we are an ally, we're here, but also actively giving, you know, which pages could you be donating to, which phone calls and texts and petitions you could sign, and, you know, what are resources for those who are protesting and risking their lives? Um, you know, I think it's now that the allyship, everything is is happening, it's active. I think it's really important to use this to give resources and to give um you know, to give something, not only, not only say that you are in support of, but show that you are in support of and actively learn and educate yourself when, especially now, I mean, we have a lot of um, time to read up and mm-hmm. listen and watch and yeah, just listening, I think is the most important thing here. Just like really taking a step back and, and listening. Mm-hmm. And I think being in a pandemic and being stuck at home has given more opportunity for people to really process what's going on in the country. And then that helps them to form an opinion, which I think is like the really beautiful thing about this time. I mean, I've gotten to explore so many things that I wouldn't normally think of. I mean, I've been reading a bunch of like marine biology things. I've been learning. Awesome. Oh, my God. I find that stuff so fascinating for some reason, like manatees and stuff like that. Like, I don't know why. That's great. But yeah, just like trying to explore new scopes that I don't really get to explore because I know how busy both of our schedules could get. So summer will be a time of reflection, I guess, because all of my plans have been canceled. I'm going to go stay with my friend in Arkansas. So I'll explore a new state. That's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm excited for us all to get back together and have a good old party. We'll have to party in like some, maybe on at juniors or something like that. Grilled cheese is on tiara. Junior's is my favorite place ever. We have to go on a grilled cheese date. Done. Do you like cheesecake, though? I do like cheesecake. Like, I like the cheesecake crust. Like, I just feel like too much dairy, like, makes me have stomach issues. Well, that's super valid. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I don't know. I went for my birthday this year, and I got, like, like, a strawberry cheesecake, and it was just... It was, it was heavenly, but it's the same thing. I feel like everybody, this is such a weird thing I'm about to say, but I feel like when you hit a certain age, like everybody starts having a dairy issue. I don't know like one person who can just like ingest so like so much and not be in legitimate pain, which is so weird. Maybe it's just my friends, but. (laughs) No, I feel like that is a thing. Like, I feel like humans aren't even supposed to eat dairy. Like I'm pretty sure I read an article that it was just supposed to like be for baby cows to grow like milk. I believe it. (laughs) But yeah, that's just so funny. We'll have to get grilled cheeses when New York City opens back up. I'll wait on a long line for juniors. I don't even care. No, get us in there. Or we'll eat outside and in the sun and have a bottle. Oh, 
I'll make a couple calls. Juniors, I'm here for grilled cheese. Me and You're listening Sarah. right now. <laughs> I need one right now. I don't think Juniors was open when I drove through the city the other day, which was like depressing, but it will all be okay. <laughs> My favorite spot. <laughs> Is there anything you want to say before we say our goodbyes? Any words of inspiration or like any social medias you want to plug or anything? Ah, uh, you know, I mean at Doug Meets World on Instagram if you want to join me. Um, yeah, no, I mean, it's been so great talking to you and just to talk to someone else who's who's experiencing a similar situation and someone who lives literally close to home. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think this was really great and just to have a conversation because we've all been so close in our inner circles. And for me, it's not always been the easiest thing to just reach out and be like, What's up? How's it going? Call everyone under the sun. It was just really nice to do this. And although we're not together, it feels close to being together, which is really, really special. Thank you for giving that to me. Of course. I'm so happy you were able to do this. I was like, Doug's going to be such a nice guest. He's such a sweet boy. Let's see how he is. So I'm so glad we got to catch up and I really appreciate you coming on. Of course. Thanks for having me. Of course. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'll see you guys next episode. Bye, Doug. Bye. <laughs>